This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. 60 minutes devoted to giving you all the information you need when caring for a loved one with Nicole Cleggett and Jason Kong. Welcome to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Good evening to you. I am Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett representing Transitions Life Care and Transitions Guiding Lights. Nicole, how are you this evening? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you today? I'm wonderful. I've, I'm always excited to do this program with you, Nicole, because thank we learn so much, and sometimes you bring me goodies from the garden, but I guess it's getting kind of cold kinda, out. Yeah, so. it's Is kinda, it, everything's dead. Yeah. Well, <laughs> My fall garden didn't work. I, oh, no. We, well, I, I had a very good as you know, summer garden. It was very plentiful, and I planted some things in the fall, and then we had this torrential rain, and I just was like, you know what? Next year. This was a, I'm going to consider this year a win. It was, it was pretty oh, good. It was very <laughs> much a win on this side of the uh, studio table here, so I appreciate all you're doing, and uh, I look forward to what the, the harvest brings for next yes, year. Yes, yes. Well, let's get into the topic sure. of uh, this segment, and Nicole, we're going to be talking a lot about senior activities and things we can do to keep our seniors uh, in a social atmosphere and and find out some care options as well. And to do that, we've brought in Michael Hooker. He is the Advancement Coordinator for the Durham Center for Senior Life. Michael, thank you so much for coming in this evening. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I'm excited to have uh, the Durham Center for Senior Life here on the show, um, in particular because I really don't think we spend a whole lot of time exposing the people on the show to different programs and services that are available in the community, for the most part, that have very minimal, if any, charge. And so just because things don't have a charge, that doesn't mean that they're free. And we'll get into that a little bit later uh, for the organizations to actually run. But definitely excited to shed some light on the programs that the Durham Center for Senior Life offer. And for those of you who are listening and you're wondering what in the world is a Center for Senior Life, you may formally know these types of places as senior centers. So I'm going to use the word that we don't like to use anymore, just so that everybody knows exactly what we're talking about here. So um, I know that this Durham Center for Senior Life, you're celebrating a very big year this year. What number anniversary is it? This is number 70. Wow. And uh, we've been at the core of senior life in Durham for that long. And we are, you know, looking forward to another 70 years of advancing the well-being of seniors uh, 55 and above in Durham. That's pretty amazing. I mean, yeah. 70, that's a huge milestone. It is. It is. And like I said, we've, we've helped a lot of people in that time. And uh, the goal is to kind of expand and keep going. This is a big anniversary here. We've got Transitions Life Care celebrating 40, you all celebrating 70, 70. and actually Guiding Lights, we're celebrating 10. So, wow. so look at that. It's, this is the, it's the decade, year of the decade. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about that. So let's talk about your main center. So there, mm-hmm. there is a main center which is located? On Rigsby Ave okay. in downtown Durham. Um, 406 Rigsby Ave to be exact. Okay. And um, we are, you know, right across the street from the McDonald's. So if you see us here, we're <laughs> right there. And um, our down, downtown site is uh, pretty much the um, the center of everything that we do. Okay. And it, uh, so, like I said, it's a complete activity hub. And it has um, a computer lab, exercise equipment, arts and crafts area. Um, and that's just for, you know, the kind of the recreational side. Uh-huh. And we also have our support services where, you know, just about any service a senior needs could get uh, met right through there. So we help with housing and uh, house repairs, transportation, um, food, um, mainly to our, we'll uh, provide transportation to our congregate meal sites. Yeah. And those are really, really important to us. And we're really, you know, 
like getting people out of their homes and into the community. So I think the stereotype that exists about these types of centers is that it's a bunch of people who are sitting together playing bingo all day. And right. that is really not the case. That is not the case. And so I would love for you to talk a little bit about some of the very unique programs that you offer because I think it really shows that how progressive Durham is being with trying to meet the needs of our aging population in the way that they want to be met. Right. Well, um, through our, you know, through our sites, we see about 400 older adults each week. Oh, that's a lot. And yes, and um, the majority are coming for some kind of physical activity. Mm -hmm. And we have our um, total body workout. That is probably one of our biggest, uh, biggest classes. Sounds like an infomercial, the total body workout. Yeah, and it's, you know, and they are, you know, very serious about, you know, getting in there and working out. It's uh, to capacity pretty much every day. Wow. And, you know, we also expand that and go into yoga, so, and and, um, low impact. Because we know exercise is key, not only to reduce the the prevalence of a a cognitive impairment, but also reduces the risks of falls. Yes. Which is the the, the, the um, cause of death for older adults. Yes, yes, and like I said, we, we are always trying to, um, be proactive um, instead of reactive when it comes right. to things of that nature, which is why when you were saying about balance, um, we did an expo, mm-hmm. you know, on called Ready Steady Balance, where, you know, we had a whole bunch of um, partners come in and they were able to, you know, test for, you know, balance and giving people advice on how to not slip and being able to, you know, make it thing, make sure things that are are okay for people and they're not going to be falling. So I think that's just one of the things that we kind of uh, make sure that we do at DCSL. And did I hear something about belly dancing? Yes, we do have belly well, dancing. that's interesting. Um, <laughs> and, do, and do they come out and do shows? Yes, they al- do. We're always looking for things yes, for our caregiver can, summit, so that we, could be kind of fun. Yes. Um, <laughs> like the, we have a we have a bunch of groups that are you know that do that those type of things that we're that we that will love to get out into the community and yeah, you know, I know the Durham Divas. Doing. I'm sure they yes, come to y'all often. Yes, um, Durham Divas and. Uh, so we have our um, we have our belly dance class, and we have our I can't think of them right now, but um, yeah, there's just a there's a lot of pretty um, exciting stuff. Pretty exciting stuff. So talk to us a little bit about computers because I think that's another stereotype that exists is that older adults are afraid of technology and they don't want to touch computers. Yes, and I think you know. Um, not going to say they're afraid. I think afraid is a strong word. Yeah, yeah. But I think that with a lot of things, people when new things are coming into. Yeah into your lives you know it usually takes a little bit of time of getting used to right so i think that um we do things like with uh we partnered with lenovo recently oh wow and they came in and um they've uh gifted us some um some equipment and they also did a entire day of um tech our tech day as we called it and they were able to pretty much um sit right there in the center and and they had up different stations and people could learn how to stream or how to use their smart devices Mm -hmm. and how to, you know, just simply make a phone call and, you know, pretty much making those uh, devices for them as much, you know, friendly as as, possible, as friendly as possible, especially with, uh, you know, us millennials, how you know we would, <laughs> you know, feel naked without our phone. Yeah, exactly, and, right. You know, so, so they can increase the font size. Can, I've been having to do yes. that myself. I'm like, all right, how do I make my text right? Just a so just learn how to just learn <laughs> simple things how to how to be able to do it so people want to use it because right. you know it's a lot of power in our little phones and there we know are. that. So it's yeah. like it's really important that somebody who could you know might be living alone. You know, it's the worst thing that's you know accident happened and they get, they're looking at their phone and they can't use the phone. So I think that was really one of the things that we were able to push forward and make sure that people know how to use their devices because you know the world is 
as big as it is, it's pretty much shrunken down because into of the a phone. Yeah, everything is literally at your fingertips. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing um, if you're like any other active adult center, you probably also provide some assistance with older adults related to the open enrollment period. Do you have with Medicare? Do you have workers going there to assist people to kind of help pick out their plans uh, and things do. of that nature? Um, yeah. that's, that falls under our support services mm-hmm. man, um, our support services department um, managed by Michael Patterson. Mm-hmm. So if anybody has any questions about things like um, Medicare, things of that nature, uh, getting referrals out to uh, getting services that are needed. Um, he would probably be the first person you want to contact. Sure. And he would, him and his department would pretty much, you know, you know, see what your needs are mm-hmm. and then assess you and then make sure that you're getting to the right help and you're getting to the right resources. So that's, that's, that's a great thing for folks to know. So if you're living in Durham County and you're listening to this, this is the, probably one of the very first places you want to stop, whether it's yes. making a phone call or going in person, because chances are they're going to have a resource that will connect you to something that you can access in Durham that you may not even know exists. Exactly. I know a big piece of what you do uh, surrounds transportation. Talk to us a little yes. bit about that. So, um, Getting back to our you know support services, we had our um, one of the, one of the things that falls under that umbrella are our congregate meal sites, and mm-hmm. those are you know sites where people can congregate and uh, in a social setting, and they're able to have a hot meal and able to socialize with people you know while they're eating, and it's you know five days a week you know around lunchtime, and our transportation, we will get people from their homes to one of these three sites. We have a uh, Three sites. We have one in Little River out in mm-hmm. Bahama okay. um, in Durham County. We have one in JFK Tower okay. and uh, one in a recreation center at WD Hill. So that's pretty and awesome for folks to be able to have that socialization. Yes. And I, I know right now that you all are working on a great campaign. It's called the Further Together Campaign to Expand Your Reach. Yes. Talk to us more about that if somebody wants to get involved. So you can uh, go to our website, you know, dcslnc.org. And that will give you pretty much all of the um, pertinent information you need. But as of right now, what you need to know is that our whole mission is that we are trying to we we serve about 3000 seniors annually. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we with that, you know, great number is still about five percent of the age community in Durham. And we are trying to push and, you know, and, and impact as many older adults as we possibly can, mm-hmm. especially the fact that the older adults is you know that demographic is raising is growing at twice the rate of children right now yep. in Durham yep. and you know is you know before you know it middle age is going to be 60 right and people are going to be you know be putting a lot of pressure on our government to you know local government and state government to provide resources for people yep. and um and and make sure that people are still having a high quality of life mm-hmm. and i think that um that is what we are campaigning for right now. So we're trying to get $15,000 before the end of the year. Awesome. So you can go to our website and make those tax-deductible donations before the 31st. Awesome. That website is dcslnc.org. Michael Hooker, the Advancement Coordinator for the Durham Center for Senior Life. Thank you so much for spending some time with oh, us this Thank evening. you so much. I appreciate the opportunity. We've got to take a quick break, but we'll be back with more. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. 
joined by Nicole Cleggett from Transitions Guiding Lights. Here's your host, Jason Kong. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett. And Nicole, we're going to be uh, broaching the subject of downsizing. And, you know, this is a concept that I think we're all familiar with, but it's. Uh, it can be a very stressful situation because you think about it all through life. Our kind of our goal is usually to move into a bigger place, not a smaller place. Yeah. But then we get into this point in life where uh, it makes more sense to downsize. And uh, this would be a very short segment if I were the one talking about this. So <laughs> we've brought in Elizabeth Hirsch. She is the owner and senior move manager for the Downsizers. Elizabeth, thank thank you so much for coming in this evening. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so glad to have you here because, as Jason was saying, you know we do we spend a lot of our lives trying to. Be build up and build up and build up. And I know there's a sort of tiny home movement that's a, a group of the population is looking forward to. But as we as we age, we keep accumulating more stuff. I mean, I regularly I hate to say it, my six year old daughter's not listening. So that's a good thing. But you know, <laughs> yeah, every once in a while, I will quickly hide a whole bunch of her drawings in the bottom of the trash without her noticing. And every once in a while, she sees it and then I'm really in trouble. But <laughs> so I'm all about sorting as I go. <laughs> but I know a lot of us, we just accumulate stuff. And so you get to a point in your life when suddenly there has to be a change. And then it's kind of like, how do I get started? How do I look at this, uh, you know, pile of stuff, which really is not stuff, it's memories. And there's a lot of people have sen- sentimental value to it. And ha- and how do I decide, you know, where to go from here when I have to make a move when, right. it, when it's just that home is just not making sense for me anymore, or I need to move closer to my loved ones and, and things of that nature. Yeah. So, so this is a different move mm-hmm. for older adults yep. than any other type of move in their lifetime. So if they have been in a home, mm-hmm. which is very common for 30, 40, 50, 60, and our, our top client was 78 years wow. in a home, the what we find is the longer you're in a home and haven't moved and transitioned, the more you accumulate mm-hmm. in that process. And that's over a significant lifetime children, grandchildren, phases, new jobs, also hobbies, that type of thing. So the amount of accumulation can be, it can be significant. Mm-hmm. And then we're expected to go through that and figure out how to downsize sometimes in a year, which is a nice kind of yeah. transition. That That's a luxury when we yes. have a year. But often it's in three weeks mm. due to a health event or some sort of catalyst or maybe a family member, you know, needs them uh, nearby. There's, there's so many catalytic, catalytic events that really initiate this process and it is overwhelming. So mm-hmm. yesterday I received three phone calls from three different prospective clients. And in the first 10 seconds of the call, I heard these tremendous sighs, mm. not sighs of relief, no. sighs dread. of tremendous dread, <laughs> yes. stress, and they didn't even know how to get the words out into what needs to be accomplished. In one situation, the family members were coming. She lives in a 5,000 square foot home. The house is very full and she has 10 family members coming to visit. 
and she knows that the downsizing process is coming in the next year or two. Yeah. But she really got, she just wanted us to downsize in the next week. Oh, wow. <laughs> to try to get ready for the family yeah. members because there wasn't room. So it, sometimes it's not even about a move. Sometimes right. it's just about, you know what? I haven't had the physical energy or mental energy to tackle this in yeah. a while. Can you help? That type of thing. So how do you go about just getting started? I mean, sure. you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of faced with, you know, there's two been two recent situations in my life. One, my husband's dad died and he was living alone. And that was just a very overwhelming process, a similar situation. He was in that house for years and years and years. And then, you know, my husband actually just mentally shut down. He yeah. couldn't deal with it. And so finally, I just took control and I was like, you know what? You don't need to make decisions about your dad's prized woodworking stuff mm-hmm. now. Why don't we just take that and put it in a storage unit and then go back to it in six months mm-hmm. when you're past some of this other traumatic things that have happened. Sure. Then on the flip side, I have my mom who passed away almost two years ago, and my dad is still alive. And he, um, you know, I've been up there several times and several times, and, and we live very far away from each other. And I, I've been sort of testing the waters. Are you ready for me to kind of go start going through mom's stuff? And he just was not emotionally ready. And then suddenly he calls me the other day. Okay, I'm deciding I'm going to sell this house. I need you to get up here and go through the stuff. And I was like, shoot, this is the middle of the winter and you right. live in upstate New York. Right. This is not a win. <laughs> I'm not driving a U-Haul truck back. You just got two feet of snow. So, right. you know, it's it's one of those, you know, ah moments, even for, even for kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, time. Timing is, is everything, right? <laughs> and it's, you know, where to start is, in my opinion, the key to the mm-hmm. entire, you know, I'll just refer to it as a project, right? right? So some projects are real small and right. some projects are really large. And so with that, the the place to start is really in the planning mm-hmm. because most people, when people contact us, when prospective clients contact us, and, the, and that could be an older adult, that could be a adult child, right. which we that's how we refer yep. to family members. It could be a sibling, yep. a grandchild, um, and, and sometimes uh, parents. You mm-hmm. know, they've lost their children, adult children. So with that, they are contacting us, and they really don't, they can't really wrap their heads around how this is going to go. Mm-hmm. So where to begin the process, then where the sequencing of tasks that's really what we find is the most challenging for folks. It is the ability to break down mm-hmm. the what comes first, then what happens, then what is next. Without the emotion that. attached, because that's where I find we run into trouble sometimes. Right. You know, it gets, especially, you know, in that one situation, there's 10 family members coming into mm-hmm. town. It gets really hard to get everybody's opinion about what's the most important thing to keep. Yes. Because everybody has different sentimental attachments to various different, you know, in my house, it was the prized Santa Claus mug. Right. Like, who gets that? Like, right. everybody used it. Who gets to actually have that in yes. their house? Yes. And so, you know, sometimes when you bring an outside person in, they can look at it from that 30,000 foot level without the emotion I'm not saying without the empathy but without right. the emotion that's right. charged in it it can get a little bit easier yeah. and the and when you have a family involved you're dealing with dynamics mm-hmm. emotional dynamics right. you're dealing with relationships that could be really positive mm-hmm. or really negative um, and you can deal with kind of the politics and power of the family especially if there uh, is money involved right that tends to be an influence in the in the process as well so bringing a third party in really does remove that emotion and i will say that i have done this with my own family members and guess what 
I don't get involved. I bring my team members in. Yes, yes, (laughs) exactly. It is a, that neutral party really removes and kind of stabilizes the emotion. We end up as arbitrators Mm -hmm. quite a bit in this process. And sometimes we'll do family meetings and uh, we involve the family as much as possible. But what's really important about our business is doesn't really matter who's contracting us or even who is who's paying us for services. Our our client is the person in transition yes. because it's their life, right. their belongings, mm-hmm. and their move. So regardless of who, you know, if an adult child has right. contracted us for this service, the adult uh, the older adult is our client. What they say goes. Yep. And that's a really, really important piece of this mm-hmm. as well. And, you know, we end up being client advocates a lot of times when there are family dynamics mm-hmm. um, involved because it's their phase of life right. that's important. So in that uh, planning process, we really break it down and we kind of break it down into four stages. So we, this is our, you know, our company slogan, but sure. it's also the process um, in which we, we go about the, the whole project. So we start with plan, mm-hmm. then we move to sort, oh my. then we move to pack, <laughs> yep. and then we finish with settle. Mm-hmm. And in the planning process, we're looking at several things, okay, what, you know, what is the timeline? Right. And really breaking down a timeline and building a schedule is very important. Um, Also, who's involved Mm -hmm. in the process? Sometimes there could be 30 companies involved. It could be a senior community. Mm -hmm. It could be um, mom is moving to assisted living in one place. Dad is moving to memory care in another community. So I would guess that part of this plan has to do with from what size are we moving mm-hmm. to what size? Exactly. Because that really, I mean, if you're moving from a 4,000 square foot house to an 800 square foot studio apartment, if right. you're lucky, that's pretty big actually, sure. you know, th- th- there's some limitations there. Significant limitations. Yeah. So really determining the scope. Are many of the items going to family members? So do we need to ship to Germany? Do we need to move furniture to California? Mm-hmm. Um, is it all going to be donated to a specific uh, you know, nonprofit that mm-hmm. someone feels really strongly about? Right. Does it all need to be auctioned, consigned, liquidated? The amount of resources involved in dispersing an estate you know, when you're downsizing by maybe 90%. Well, coming up with a budget, too. Right, of exactly. Of how you're going to do what you want to do. Yeah, right. it's a, a whole lot that goes into this process, <laughs> and we need to take a break here, but we're going to continue our conversation with Elizabeth Hirsch. She is the owner and senior move manager for the Downsizers. We'll be right back right after this. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF, with your hosts, Nicole Cleggett and Jason Kong. News Radio 680 WPTF, this is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care. I am Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett, and our guest in the studio is Elizabeth Hirsch. Hirsch, excuse me, she is the owner and senior move manager for the downsizers and conveniently enough we're talking about downsizing and elizabeth was uh nicole going through some of uh four key terms and 
concepts that we need to keep in mind when we're going through downsizing? Yeah, so we started on with the planning, and I don't think we're quite finished with that, but really, you know, coming up with that big game plan of what you need to do and how you need to do it mm-hmm. is probably the biggest step. Well, maybe not. I don't know. Sorting could be a mess. <laughs> so, <laughs> Literally and figuratively. Sorting is the most emotional <laughs> yes, part yes. of the process. So the pl- planning is, is uh, logistics and yeah. some emotion, but yeah. uh, definitely weighted there. And, and really what's key in that planning process that we find is a big pivotal piece is is when we do the floor plan. Mm-hmm. And I know that seems kind of simplistic, you know, it's we're going from 4,000 square feet to 1,600 mm-hmm. or from 24 to 800, right. as we were discussing. So what, what furniture do you bring? And that seems like a, you know, a fairly commonsensical, it's what, what will fit. It's actually one of the more important pieces of the process because this is when uh, the person in transition is really making big decisions. What is most important mm-hmm. to them? The big rocks. The big rocks. So we look at several factors when we're floor planning. We're looking at function. So how much storage is available to them? We're looking at the safety of the furniture. Yeah, we don't need a cluttered mess. Right. And, and you know, what? where are they most comfortable? So the living room set that hasn't been sat in for, yeah. you know, 35 years exactly. probably isn't going to go. With the plastic on it. <laughs> right, right, Kind of right. grandma with one of those. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that, that may not be so, so functional um, and or safe. But the, the most important things are aesthetically, you know, what really brings them joy. Um, And also if it's, you know, their great grandmothers and it's been in the family and it's a piece that they treasure and they really enjoy looking at and referencing Mm -hmm. every day. That helps us determine how much of the things will be going because really you have to have a place to put all of these items. And so then they start seeing, oh, I'm taking that chest, these things, all my art supplies or quilting supplies mm-hmm. can go in that chest. Right. There's a limitation of space in mm-hmm. that chest. What's the most, you know, out of these four closets of quilting materials, mm-hmm. what do I really want to take and how do I want to organize that? So we work with them through that process. So the floor planning is not only a creative process, we use a really neat magnetic board and we measure the unit that they're moving into, a home and or apartment, and we measure all the furniture and we allow them to really move around and it's a really creative process. They're making decisions mm-hmm. with us and with our advice. And they can see what logistically works. They can see exactly oh this is not going to fit that big corner hutch not (laughs) gonna work it's not gonna work and until they see it on paper Mm -hmm. it really doesn't quite resonate the same way so we find that that's a really critical piece Mm -hmm. um you know spatial planning is not everyone's gift (laughs) so so this is something that's just a really great tool that we use and then they can start visualizing oh these items in this closet may not work the things that are in the attic not as important you know the the china you know what, my granddaughter has been talking about wanting that. So then it starts being kind of, it starts blending and it moves into the sorting process. And the sorting process can be filled with emotion. Um, So we try to neutralize the emotion as much as possible, but we really encourage to kind of get it out. So sometimes in order to let go of something Mm -hmm. or to decide to to keep it, a story needs to be told. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a story can't be told about every single item. Oh, right. <laughs> but awesome. a lot of stories need to occur in this process. And that is as important and, 
you know, when family members say, do we really need to sort all of this? Mm-hmm. Is it, you know, I can make these decisions. This is part yeah. of the transition process. Right. It is recognizing these are my life belongings. These are memories that I have, you know, shared with loved ones. And it's, I've enjoyed them and yep. it's time to let them go. It right. is a really significant piece of the process. And then there's other items. It's just, you know, it's decision made. I don't need anything in this closet. And it's, you know, yeah. it's, a, it's a new. Well, and, I, and I've heard there's sort of different ways to do this sorting, you know, sort of like you can have a parking lot of you're not, the sh- you're not sure items. And then mm-hmm. you have, you know, you're going to donate items. And then you have that, oh, okay, this goes to this dog. You know, yeah. I mean, I understand that there's sort of a way, like if you're really struggling on making a decision, instead of getting stuck in that place, it's right. a really good idea to just hold it and then you obviously have to exactly. go back to it when you have a two-week window but you don't have to sit there and agonize and right. you need to move on move right. forward right sometimes there's maybe pile yeah <laughs> right it's a maybe pile. <laughs> pile but we really believe in in what we call it, like touching something once so you know as we're going through it we touch it we make a decision we move on mm-hmm. and sometimes you know things take a little longer yep. to make that decision and we certainly um you know aren't going to spend a lot of time on one item they might go to that maybe pile but but really if you can touch it once and make a decision that is the most effective way and we're really looking at it not only from an emotional perspective but from an efficiency these are people's you know time money and resources and so we want to use that in a really responsible way so we're going to spend time where it's really important so i think what people don't realize is that and and i know move managers i'm not sure Mm -hmm. you have the special designation as yes yes yes. and so i would one of the things i don't think people realize is that it's not like you know you and i contacting um, XYZ moving company mm-hmm. and them just coming and either just throwing everything in boxes and going or we have it in boxes and they just go. This is actually a process where you walk alongside that Absolutely. person. I mean, so when we're talking about doing all these things, your company actually does this with that family unit, correct? Yes, exactly. There's a, what we call a downsizing manager or some other people would say a project manager Mm -hmm. who's very involved in that planning and sorting process Mm -hmm. because it's a one-on-one relationship typically. And and, and then the team comes in and they kind of do a lot of the labor associated with it. But that downsizing manager, project manager is key to that process. And it's really, it's a very intimate relationship Mm -hmm. as you can imagine, Uh, very emotional, Um, But it's also there's a lot of trust involved in this. And that is a significant part of this process as well. Really trusting each other. It doesn't go one way. Right. You know, because these are a lot of really big decisions are being made and a lot of um, a lot of uh, uh, memories are being held and we're, we're kind of holding space for that person mm-hmm. on a, in, uh, during this transition period, as well as the family members. The family members can be equally as emotional if not more so than the person in transition because this is well there's guilt around the move too there's the whole you know this is not I mean especially if you're moving into a community there's promises that were maybe made Mm and you know just people are feeling bad about mom not being able to live out her last days in this place and so there's sometimes the the family members emotions come out in other ways Mm -hmm. that aren't so pretty um and so 
you're also trying to manage all that, I can imagine, and not throwing on that person who's in transition to right. have to work through can right. be can be difficult. Absolutely. So so the sorting process is is very cathartic. Yeah. It's a very yeah. therapy Exhausting. based. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very therapy based. And so we are part of I think it's it's probably worth mentioning we're we're accredited through mm-hmm. the National Association of Senior Move Managers. A lot of people don't know that this industry even exists. Exactly. And uh, it's really a very different type of move mm-hmm. than any other move as we mentioned. So it is a, you know, the training that we all receive is uh, is very specific to this aging population and the, the psychology and emotion that goes along with this. Um, and then, you know, there's the, the logistics piece, which is, you know, we we're, might need to get rid of 75 to 90 percent of the belongings. Where do all of these things go? And that is a dilemma in and of itself. Mm-hmm. So we have a pretty significant uh, list of resources here in the triangle from auctioneers to consigners, retail and or online consigners, um, metal liquidators, jewelry consigners, um, nonprofits, uh, let's see, museums, Civil War museums, yeah. World War II museums, Smithsonian connections, uh, places to send things that cannot be sold, like ivory. Um, uh, so you yeah. get into a lot of really unusual, like, yeah. what do we do with this? And there's a lot of things, because we have this population that is so significant aging, there's a lot of things going out, but then you have a population that's not really buying a right. lot. So it's, we have to be very uh, selective and prudent in what what will sell mm-hmm. um, on behalf of this client and what will yield the most for them. How do we spend our time wisely on those items? And then where does the rest go? Are family taking these items? Um, is it a nonprofit or sometimes upwards of 40 nonprofits? We've had several of those. Um, and then also, obviously, then just, you know, typical homes have just what we call junk. You're right. You know, the junk hauling trips. Yeah. And so the things that have been very, very well loved for 50 or 60 years sure. and that they've seen their day. Yeah, you know? Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> So um, in a little bit of time we have left, yeah, you have an, another couple of steps, and I definitely want you to get to talking about your company for a moment, but you have the packing and then the settling. Yeah, yeah, the, pa- the packing's pretty self-explanatory, yeah. right? So I won't spend a lot of Pack time with there. Care. Pack with care. And uh, and we, we definitely do that because these the things that are kept are the most precious treasures, right? Yep. So, and then settling is, is really key. A lot of times we are uh, dementia certified through Orange County. We work with a lot of dementia clients. It's very important to when we're settling, when we're doing the unpack, which is all done in one day, Mm -hmm. everything is completely put together. So the day of the move, the client comes in, they're sleeping in their own bed. They can take a shower, have a cup of tea. The The whole apartment is really put together. In the situations of dementia, very important to take photos and replicate everything as much as possible because the surroundings mm-hmm. are very important, that familiarity. Sure. Um, you know, their toothbrush is on the right-hand side of the sink. The artwork and photos are displayed in a certain format. It brings a sense of normalcy exactly. for sure. Mm-hmm. And Elizabeth, what is the best way for folks to get a hold of you if they're interested in using the services of the downsizers? Sure, sure. So um, our number is 919 919- 636-7800. We offer a complimentary consult. I actually will come out to your home and see what we're working with and what the situation is. And I will spend as long as we need on that consult to kind of work through the process. And a lot of times there's many family members involved. Um, also, our website is 
www.thedownsizers.com. So either one of those, just reach out to us and we'll be happy to help. Easy enough. www.thedownsizers.com or you can call 919-636-7800. Elizabeth Hirsch, owner and senior move manager for the Downsizers. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Thank you so much. A quick break and back with more. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. With your co host, Nicole Claggett, here's the host of Aging Matters, Jason Kong. News Radio 680 WPTF, you're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Live Care. She is Nicole Claggett. I am Jason Kong. Thank you so much for joining us this Saturday evening. And Nicole, we got a little housekeeping that we need to do. And, you know, we haven't talked about Transitions Guiding Lights in a while. And I think that this is. Uh, again, such a tremendous resource available to folks and that, uh, you know, we probably should say something about it every single program, we'll, although it, it makes it hard because we don't have a whole lot of time. But I, I think it is a very important to remind everyone just what Guiding Likes is and what it does. Well, thank you, Jason. So we are a nonprofit organization, a charity organization uh, in the state of North Carolina, and we provide to the community at large free information, free referrals, education and support to those who are in a caregiving journey for a loved one. And, you know, one of the things that I think we don't hit on very often is that, you know, what exactly is a caregiver? You know, I always think about, you know, I think it's Jeff Foxworthy, you know, you know, you're a redneck if there needs to be, you know, you're a caregiver if, and, you know, it, it's kind of sneaky because a lot of people identify being a family caregiver is actually providing that physical care to a loved one. So that is literally, you know, if I am not dressing my mom, bathing my mom, assisting my mom to the bathroom, feeding my mom, then I'm not a caregiver. But that's actually not true. You know, caregiving is really um, a whole host of, of different types of tasks that you do with a loved one to include what we often call activities of daily living. That's the bathing and the dressing, the grooming that I just mentioned. But there's also what they call IDALs, which are more of the independent activities of daily living. So those are things like preparing meals, going grocery shopping, writing your bills, being transported to and from work or doctor's appointments, things of that nature. And oftentimes those are the things that start happening in a family situation. And that's really caregiving. So if you're starting to, you know, have to, you know, check in on mom via phone call, take mom to doctor's appointments, uh, make sure that mom is getting rid of the spoiled food in the refrigerator, actually run to the grocery store because she's not driving anymore. You're actually really a caregiver. It can sneak up on you at times. You may just think, hey, I'm I'm helping out mom a little bit with this. And then suddenly you're kind of in it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I really and I think men have a harder time identifying as caregivers. And so a, a good friend of mine, you know, he was caregiving for his mom and he was telling me all the things that he was doing for his mom. And you know, she had been in the hospital a whole bunch of times. And, you know, he was, you know, visiting her every single day in the long-term care facility she was in and being an advocate for her. And one day I referred to him as a caregiver and he said, well, I'm not a caregiver. 
And I said, well, frankly, you actually are. And let me explain to you why. So, you know, caregiving even continues on for those, you know, listening. You, know, you may have been providing some of that care for a loved one in their home, and then they transition off into more of a long-term care setting. But you're still really there because I don't care if you're five years old or 50 years old or 100 years old. If you are not receiving care in your own home, or even frankly, if you are, you really need someone there on your bench to be your advocate because there's so much going on and it's so complicated. You really need somebody there to make sure that, you know, they're not amputating your right arm when it really needs to be your left, so to speak. <laughs> so Nicole, give me a quick walkthrough. Um, I, suddenly I find out, oh, I'm, I'm a caregiver now I, uh-huh. I, and I need some help. And I, I, let's say I call Guiding Lights. What, what happens? What, what should I ask? What, what do I do? Well, first of all, know that there are no stupid questions. There are no wrong That's questions. That's good for me. Well, <laughs> well, but I think sometimes people are embarrassed because the reality of it is people don't know what they don't know. And there is a huge tangled web of resources out there. So what happens is when you call, or you can stop by, but most people call just because they're so busy, um, you will speak to one of our referral specialists. And we actually have two folks in our office that take these calls. And we ask you questions about what's going on in your loved one's life, what's going on in your life, and sort of where all the pressure and pinch points are. And you may call and say, you know, I can't take it anymore. If mom asks me one more time, what time is it? I'm just going to go crazy. And, um, you know, so you just, and and mom needs to be placed. But you may not realize that there are a lot of community-based options out there that may make them be able to stay in their home a little bit safer for longer. So, you know, we take an intake. It's not a big, scary process. But we really try to find out what the situation is. We try to find out also from you what the financial resources are. Now, not that because we're nosy about what your finances are, but we want to know what bucket of money do you have to potentially pay for your loved one's care? Because we don't want to refer you to give you an improper referral to an organization that you can't afford. And so, you know, we want to kind of get a sense of where we are with that. And then what we do is we directly connect you to organizations of excellence. So we have organizations that apply to receive referrals by our organization, and we put them through an interview process, and we make sure that we feel confident that if this was our mom or dad, we would feel comfortable making referral to that entity. And so after we talk with you, and if, a, if an actual resource needs to be referred out to you, then we will get your permission to actually connect you with that organization and hopefully make a match for you so that you can have some relief in that caregiving journey. And you're getting no incentive for these referrals, correct? Absolutely like some of these not. Other organizations. Right. So there are some things out there that exist that can kind of get referred referral fees when they give a referral to an entity, um, which is way too complicated to get into right now. But um, no, so there is no charge for organizations to become vetted by us, and we do not get money back for giving referrals. We really look at the situation, which is why we're a nonprofit 501c3 charity. And so we are funded through grants, through donations, through the fundraising events that we have. And that's really how we keep the wheel turning for our organization. It's a great organization and just a, a truly invaluable resource. GuidingLightsNC.org is the website. What's the phone number if folks want to get Sure, it's at 919-371-2062. Excellent. Nicole, we're out of time. We, uh, we're, we've got to get out of here, but we will be back again next Saturday evening at 7. Thank you so much for joining us and listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care, right here on News Radio 680 WPTF. Have a great night. You've been listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. For more information, log on transitionslifecare.org.